Yeah, we're here. Yeah. Yo, my CPU usage is out the wazoo again, but that's okay. Um, are you wait? Are you on the new build, or are you still on your old? Uh, your, uh, not your... I I'm not sure if or when there will be a new build, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> uh, you know it's expensive, and man's is it broke is very out here. yes, yeah, I understand that completely. We both live in a state that is just unfortunately very expensive for people that make under six figures a year. So it's just. <laughs> Dude, yeah. gas is so expensive right now. Like, I just can't. I think I want to trade my car in for a Prius. I swear to God. Really, a like, Prius? Yeah, cause why not? Fuck it. I want fifty-four miles at the gallon, dude. Yeah, yeah, but it's still a Prius, you know. Though the Prius Prime looks okay. It doesn't look that bad. And then maybe I'll get like a Toyota, you know, an old shitty beat-up truck, and then I'll cover the, the just leave the yo like the pizza plant truck. So sick. Yeah. Is it though? Is is it worth it? Like, a Corolla would be better, right? No, man. But what's wrong with the Prius? That's the thing. Like, comparing what? Compared to what? Like, compared to the Prius or compared to? Well, I mean, are you gonna buy the Prius? Or are you gonna lease it? Like, like what's going on with the Prius? What's the what's the purpose of a Prius? I'm probably gonna try. Okay, so listen. I can get three and a half from my car, right? That's it. And then wait for it. You okay. get a bunch of you get a huge cash credit towards the principal because it's like a green and it's an encouragement program in California to go green. Sure. So you get like fifteen hundred or two thousand to the principal. But you don't actually save any money on registration. You actually pay more for green cars. Hey man, listen. I all I know is that I only I only get fifty I get fifty four miles of the gallon. I have to drive a Martinez every damn day. All right. All right? Sure. But but you should get more than three point five for your current car. No, it's it's that that year of that year nah, of cruise is, the was the car market is going up. You should the used car market is is going up crazy right now. You should be able to get more than that. Yeah, I'm telling you, look the up only problem is book like, value and demand yeah, it. The only problem I I have is that I just don't have anybody that can like you know drive me around back into Martinez and I can't be without a car for a few days while I'm like you know selling it and then shopping for a new one. Yeah, but you should be able to trade it in like the the um the whatever you know the dealership they should give you uh, KBB value. You can even go on their website and they'll value your trade in for you. It just just makes everything easier, I think. Yeah, I did. I had no. I had a value to Carvana, so maybe that was my first mistake. Like, dude, uh, Carvana was trying to charge me like twenty five percent, like for APR for buying the car outright. It was fucking ridiculous. Oh, uh, you were gonna buy the car from them? From Carvana, yeah, because they just oh, pick up your old that. car and they, you know, they pick up your old car and they, uh, you know, drive yeah. and leave your new one. My wife sold her car to Carvana, and it was, like, super easy to do and whatever. Mm -hmm. And, like, they gave her, like, uh, almost $1,000 more than anybody else offered her. So she was like, mm -hmm. all right, whatever, I'll, I'll do that. Uh, mm -hmm. But we haven't got another car yet. So right now we only have one car, which is stupid. Mm -hmm. um, That's always difficult. And, yeah, so, like, you know, she, she needs a break because her job is really, like, mentally taxing. Yeah. Um, and so she's going to be like going back to school and like getting a new job and stuff, but she needs a break. So we're not going to have any income from her for like two months mm. and we need another car. 
<laughs> so yeah, uh, you know, it, it's like it's one of those things where you want something reliable but affordable, and uh, that just doesn't really exist. Uh, like you, you know, you're not gonna find a used car that's like two thousand dollars that is like reliable, really. You know, um, nope. And well, it's like. You and I both knew an older gentleman who used to drive a certain large forklift uh, uh-huh. who who had a very reliable car that was very old and very beat up. So I, I don't think that's true. I think you can get junk cars that will run forever. But with, the question is whether or not you'll be comfortable when you're driving. Well, there's that. But but at the same time, it's like you're not going to find those cars anymore for like 2K. Like every used yeah. car I see, like even shitty used cars are like 4, 5, 6, 7K. And... You know, unless you have the cash on hand to pay it outright, which uh, I think liquid cash is really important right now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend cash if you have it. I would finance right now. Yeah. Um, and if I'm gonna finance, why not just lease a car for like two hundred dollars a month? Yep. So. That's because eventually it's well. Eventually, the whole point about buying is that eventually, at some point, you'll own the car outright, and you can do with it as you will. You know. Yeah, but if it's just That's... temporary anyway for a couple years, then you're gonna get rid of it. Like it's just temporary until like you know she's fully working and stuff again. Um, yeah, because I was thinking about that too. But the only problem is it had like mileage requirements too. Like they were asking me like how many miles am I gonna planning to put on the car and shit. Yeah, yeah, you you have like... to be under like 10k a year or whatever. But, um, I mean at that point it's just like well if i'm the only one working i'm the only one driving so i'll just drive my car and then that one will be there in case like you know you need to make a grocery run or this or that um, yeah that makes sense that makes sense yeah so but that's that's kind of where um where i'm heading with it but we'll see i mean i wouldn't mind All getting right. some really cheap azoid car but anyway what have you been up to oh, how's life oh, oh did you hear that that didn't come through on the mic did it no Okay, got it. I just sneezed super oh. bad, and it's like we'll rattled my brain in its cage. Thank you very much. <laughs> but wait, I thought you took German. Isn't it like Gesundheit or something? Yeah, Gesundheit. Yeah. But, Thank you. You know, hey, nobody says that. Okay, this is America. Uh. Um. So I've been good. Uh. Just it's it's been stressful at work. Um. Things are just. We're dealing with like you know a lot of situations, and we're just taking them all in stride. And thankfully, I've got a quick chance to get away here before I get back and put my nose my nose right on the grindstone again. So hopefully, um, we can get everything finally hammered out. You know. Yeah, it works been crazy, man. Like, uh, yeah, that crazy test I'm, shit or whatever. Yeah, I'm in testing like six to seven hours a day. It's it's not as bad now because like the first three weeks is like uh where you pretty much do all your testing and then weeks four and five which we're in week four now is like retesting any issues that came up uh but mm-hmm. we tested so fast and so much that we did all of our retesting pretty much already so now Wait, we're just, testing like like uh, school book te- like uh well what it is is um we're we're using a new data management system we're adopting a new data management system and so in order to okay. do that you have to test how your old system will integrate with it to carry over all your current data and everything. And so mm. it's a lot of like, if you do this, what happens? Does it go backwards? How do you, uh, you know, and it's 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 a full on business. So you like, you know, we have to say, okay, if we write purchase orders, what happens? If we, if the store writes orders, what happens? If, if there are contracts for deals, what happens? If, uh, mm. you know, 
if we set up something this way, what happens? We want to prevent this thing from happening. How do we do that? So uh, we had 77 test cases initially. So um, and then we added like five. So we did we executed 82 tests. Damn. And passed them. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of fun question <laughs> no not so fun but um it's a it's a lot of learning for for me as well because before this i had no um experience with the new system that we're using and uh, mm. other people had gone through rounds of testing already like this was our fourth round of testing but my first time being on the testing so mm. uh it's like i'm just getting familiar now with the with the project and the system and everything and so uh I guess it speaks a lot to to myself and and the other person on my team that were just new to it because we picked it up super quick, obviously, and like people thought we had had training before on it, but we never did. Mm -hmm. so. Ah, gotcha. Uh, I'm gonna turn my camera off real quick, but I'll still talk. Nope. So no problem. All right, well, do you wanna <laughs> hop right into it then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll hop right into it. So, um. We're, we, I'm, I'm, just, I'm we, we got some news. We got some news to talk about, um, because you know there's been a lot of stuff going on, and we haven't been, uh, you know, here for a while. But um, yep. I'm starting with the indie comics thing first, because last time, whenever we went to the indie comics thing, we lost a bunch of viewers, and then they all came back when we went back to the more popular stuff. So, I, I, you know what? I understand the analytics, guys. I get it. You guys don't like indie comics. It's okay. Um, but yeah. Netflix is going to adapt Dark Horse's Lady Killer with Blake Lively. I don't really care about Blake Lively. Uh, she's married to Ryan Reynolds. That's all I know. But um, and she was in a uh, Gossip Girl, and uh, she uh, was Carol Ferris in Green Lantern movie. That's all I know about her. Anyway, uh, I know a lot about Lady Killer. This was a mini series done by Dark Horse, and it was actually really, really good. Um, so <clears throat> here's how the article reads. The next big Dark Horse adaptation is in the works at Netflix. According to Deadline, the streaming service has greenlit a movie based on Joelle Jones and Jamie S. Rich's Lady Killer. Uh, Blake Lively will star in the film. Oh, a film. Okay. It makes sense for it to be a film because it was like a five comic book miniseries. It wasn't a big series that they could do a episode thing, you know, like a full series. Yeah. So it makes sense it would be a movie. Um, Blake Lively will star in the film with Oscar winner Diablo Cody penning the script. Uh, Joel Jones also did a cover or an issue of Catwoman. That it was one of the coolest cover arts I'd seen. I'll, I'll see if I can find it after this. Um, writer artist Jones and co-writer Rich launched Lady Killer in 2015. The series centered on Josie Schuler, who initially appeared to be the perfect housewife and live uh, living in 1950s America, but unbeknownst to her husband and children, she secretly worked as an assassin for the mafia. Lively will headline the film as Josie. Additionally, she's producing the film through her B for Effort production banner alongside Katie Vorhoff. Uh, Dark Horse Entertainment's Mike Richardson and Keith Goldberg are producing as well. Netflix previously signed a pact with Dark Horse in 2019 that gives them first dibs on any adaptations for their comic titles. Uh, the streamer has already enjoyed a great deal of success with its live-action take on the Umbrella Academy, whose third season is currently in development. Netflix also released an adaptation of Dark Horse's Polar in 2019. Uh, Lively most recently appeared in the Rhythm section, which hit theaters before the pandemic struck last year. 
Uh, meanwhile, Cody is writing the and executive producing the CW's live-action Powerpuff TV series, which w- has yet to be fu- uh, yet to get a full series order. She's also working Universal Pioping about Madonna. Woohoo! Okay, nobody cares about any of that stuff. But yeah, Lady Killer, cool. Um, again, like this is what indie comics are are good for. This is what they're best for is taking uh, interesting times in history and turning them on their head and things like that. Um, you know, 1950s housewife in America, you can imagine these are women who didn't have much freedom, who were mm-hmm. seen as second-class citizens. Uh, you know, even today, like, uh, you know, with all our progression, women are still uh, sometimes seen as less or not given the, dis- the uh, I don't know what I'm saying there. But, you know, you know, you know, you get the point, right? Like, uh, yeah. <clears throat> you know, and it's actually, like, really badass to see, like, this housewife, like, just going around fucking murdering people and shit. So yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I know nothing about the comic, but I'll be sure to watch the show. Uh, we can talk about it live on air. You know, hopefully my opinions will be a little bit raw and unfiltered, like they always are. Yeah, yeah. We'll figure it out. And I'm sure for anybody interested in uh, in checking it out, uh, I'm sure you can get it pretty cheap. Uh, let me see if I can find this comic book. Oh, Alright, well, that was my wife. She says hello. I said hello back. Chair says hello. She said hello. Okay, she didn't really say hello before, but I mean, yeah, this one, this cat one. Well, why this you gotta lie to me like that, Christian? I mean, well, Cage. It's alright. <laughs> oh, this web is twisting around us. Look at this cover. This is fucking sick. Jesus. Oh, that's pretty badass. Yeah. She's holding her own cover? Uh, well, I think that was added later, but yeah, I, I thought I, this was sick. When it, when this art was previewed, I thought it was fucking awesome. Uh, but let me see. I, let, let me, let me get this for all you guys, alright? Let me, let me tell you how much you can get Lady Killer for. Do, do, do. Amazon. Here we go. $18 or $10 for the comicsology or the Kindle version. Yeah. And I think it's five issues. How many pages is this? 136 pages. It's not bad. Nope. Yeah. I was lucky enough to pick up all these when they when they came out. I don't know if they're worth any money now, but hey, hey they probably will be soon. This oh, is, oh yeah, this, there you go. This is where it's at. Yep. You guys, if you guys are looking for good stories, just read Saga. I don't know if it's still good because I haven't read it in a while, but when it came out, it was good. Anyway, <clears throat> moving on. Heck, what are we doing? Amazon. Amazon. Oh, man. Amazon explains why the Lord of the Rings series is so expensive. Guys, I'm sorry. I didn't read the comments section of the last one, but I'm not going to, so. Are you sure read the comment section of this one? Because yeah. I know Tolkien fans are obviously a class above, and they are going to be engaging in the most intellectually if, stimulating conversation we could put ten, we could put, ever imagine. If I had to obviously. guess who's commenting on this, there's nine comments. I'm going to guess mm-hmm. most of them are not Tolkien fans, <laughs> and the and at least one of them is going to talk about how there aren't any people of color in Middle Earth. Uh, okay. Be. I, we gotta play bingo. We gotta play like comment bingo one of these yeah. days. <laughs> True. 
so uh, many Prime Video subscribers probably did a spit take when they saw the budget for Amazon's upcoming Lord of the Rings series. Last month, word broke that the series would cost $465 million just to produce its first season, easily making it the most expensive TV show ever made. But in a new interview with The Hollywood Reporter, Amazon Studios head Jennifer Salky, or Salk, I don't know how you pronounce it, explained the logic behind the series' hefty price tag. When asked about it, Salky simply pointed to recent trends in the streaming market. The market is crazy, as you saw with Knives Out deal. Netflix paid $469 million for two sequels. This is a full season of a huge world-building show. The number is a sexy headline or a crazy headline that's fun to click on, but that is really building the infrastructure of what will sustain the whole series. But it is a crazy world, and various people on this Zoom, mostly Bella Baharia of Netflix and me, have been in bidding situations where it starts to go incredibly high. That was my woman voice. Do you think I'm going to get canceled? I have no idea, man, because, like, <clears throat> I don't even know how often you check Twitter or anything. That's the only way you can possibly get canceled. So. I can't get canceled. I have no platform, and uh, I make no yeah, money there, off this. So. Yeah, therefore, you, you, you just cancel. <laughs> you basically just cancel yourself. Like, yeah. so, you know, True. now you're starting over fresh anew. Turn the other cheek, my yeah. friend. Uh, technically, Netflix only spent $469 million to uh, on the rights to Ryan Johnson's Knives Out sequels, not their actual production budgets, which are expected to be at least $40 million apiece, like the original film. Meanwhile, Amazon previously spent $250 million on the rights to Tolkien's fantasy world uh, fantasy series in 2017, uh, long before they figured out how much the TV show itself would actually cost. Regardless, Selkie and her fellow executives are hoping Lord of the Rings' uh, rabid fan base justifies their purchase. There's a lot of wooing, and we have to make decisions on where we want to stretch and where we want to... Oh, my fucking line. God, dude. Could you imagine just getting a cut check for $250 million because your grandpa wrote a really cool... I mean, no, but that would be fucking sick. Yeah, we... Some people just got it figured out, man. What's <laughs> to say? Uh, oh, Jesus. Anyway, sorry, that was just me, like, spitting in the void. No, like, yeah, now good for the... I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what Tolkien would have wanted in the end anyway, you know, for someone to be secure for something that he created. So, um... Um, Sulky continued, As for how many people need to watch Lord of the Rings? A lot. Ha! (laughs) A giant global fan base needs to show up to it as appointment television, and we are pretty confident that will happen. Yeah, probably will happen. Uh, It's now filming in New Zealand, of course. New Zealand. Uh, Ooh, back in Middle Earth. All right. Comment section. All right, here we go. Put on the hazmat suit. All right, let's guess. If it's probably the Captain America guy who comments and Lee Sharp. Sixteen comments. Oh, it has yeah. increased since yeah. you have checked before. Oh. Load seven new comments. These are. Brand oh new Jesus. Comments. No, they're not. They're oh, here. We... All right. Kara the Majestic also commented before. I've seen that name. Uh, I wonder what the story will be. Hopefully, it'll be epic and not like Disney Star Wars, a retread or stuck in a rut. Uh, Kara the Majestic, if you followed news, you would know what it's going to be about. Uh, Yeah. But also, like, I agree with... I don't agree with the retread, but I do agree that the Star Wars latest Star Wars was indeed stuck in a rut. That is a... I think that's a pretty accurate comment. Yeah, it's not wrong. Yeah. Don't care, Amazon. You lost me when you recasted Galadriel. Oh, Snapple. I mean, okay. Why even bother... Do you agree with that? I mean, Kate oh Blanchett, Jesus, here he goes. Yeah, Kate Blanchett is great, and I I, I loved her Galadriel, and I, I'm a big fan of Galadriel. But we're like a thousand years, you know. This is gonna be this is not set in 
those movies world anyway it's like i mean obviously it's set in a world right it's set in middle earth but you know J- uh, peter jackson's movies kind of exist in a world of their own um mm. and so it's not like they're recasting someone it's not it's not like if if they recast uh brie larson's uh captain marvel in the mcu like they're not like just i mean they've done that in the mcu they recast uh uh what's his face war machine <laughs> yeah I, mean, I remember i remember yep they yep. recast the hulk i mean like it, I, I don't i don't really get that comment. and that recast was so weird too like he didn't even get his own movie he was just recasted and he was just like there's a supporting character true all right let's get to kurt bolding right. why even bother oh, redoing the lord of the rings why not do the silmarillion or some of tolkien's other works frankly i never thought tolkien was that good in the first place as for Knives what? Out, it was amusing. This article is not about Knives Out. It's about the month. It's like, it's a comparison. Right. I personally, I personally think very little Ryan Johnson. Oh, sir. <laughs> All right. Tommy Iceman says they're not redoing uh, Lord of the Rings. The series takes place a few thousand years earlier. Yes, it needs a new title. As for Silmarillion, they can't even mention anything from that. No rights for it. Uh... I mean, some of, but this the story they're doing it takes parts from the Silmarillion, like yeah. it, it, they're doing Second Age stuff, which you know it's going to be probably the fall of Numenor and things like that, and and the mm-hmm. rise of Sauron. That that stuff does come up a lot, and it, I mean not a lot, but it does. It, there's a full story about the fall of Numenor in, in the in the Silmarillion. So, yep. uh, oh, I didn't realize any of that all this time. I thought they were redoing an expanded version of what we've already seen. I mean, no, they're not, um, and they've never claimed what? to be. But this uh, guy thought he was just reshooting all the movies. I would have been excited as well if they had not recasted Galadriel. so mad about it. He doesn't. Oh, he's oh, not okay. Retro ice cap. Here we go. In other words, to keep milking the cows, we gotta make a bigger farm. Damn, caught woke as fuck, dude. Damn, straight to the fucking heart. What's a spit take? Do I really want to know? Does it involve taking someone's spit? Wow. This guy, wacky comment, uh, you know, put that on your bingo card. We need to make one of those up. Gotta get an Excel. Oh, here we go. Just won't feel the same without the music in Jackson, but I'm excited. Yeah, this guy's right. They can still get Howard Shore, um, but you don't need Peter Jackson. I mean, he did a great job for what he did, but he also made a lot of mistakes, so. He also made the Hobbit movies. Yeah. You also... Oh, Darth not... Bob. <clears throat> Darth Bob's another mm. one. You also have to grease the palms of the politicians in New Zealand. Pay off union bosses. Let the building inspectors dip their beaks. You know, the undisclosed costs. Winky face. Those <laughs> Hobbit unions oh. are brutal. Yeah, there's the there's our... Uh, our, wi- our there's our boy. Yep. He's chilling. He's, he's going right in for it. Appointment television. These suits with their buzzwords. Yeah. Matt Damon. I'm actually kind of psyched for this. Well, Matt Damon, uh, I know you're not the real one, but um, I'm also pretty could, psyched for it. It could be. he. Matt Damon could be here right now commenting on these things, trying to engage with the community. Could be. Could be. You never know. Yeah. Um. So I guess Disney has settled some royalty disputes with Star Wars authors. Oh, uh, when Disney bought Star Wars... Uh, you know, they acquired all this stuff and they stopped paying people, I guess. 
so uh, last fall, sci-fi novelist Alan Dean Foster made waves when he published an open letter claiming that Disney hasn't been paying him royalties for his Star Wars and Alien books. Uh, his allegations caused an uproar throughout the fan community and eventually got the hashtag Disney must pay trending on social media. But now the studio is finally taking steps to make things right. According to the Disney must pay task force. What the fuck? Uh, Disney has agreed oh, to Jesus. compensate not just Foster, but other unpaid writers as well. Uh, the task force was formed specifically to obtain justice for these writers. It includes several well-known authors, including Neil Gaiman, whoop, Tess uh, Gerritsen, Mary Robin, Robinette Cowell, Chuck Wendig. Chuck Wendig's a good writer. Uh, additionally, the coalition has helped James Kahn and Donald F. Glute get payments from their novels. Kahn previously wrote the novelization for The Empire Strikes Back and Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. Glut wrote Return of the Jedi's novelization. Um, okay, I don't care about that. Since we, launched, since we launched the task force, progress has been made. Good for you guys. Uh, Foster was the ghostwriter for the Star Wars for the first Star Wars novelization. Foster also wrote the next Star Wars novel, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, as a potential sequel to the film. But once A New Hope became a hit, George Lucas shifted gears and instead began developing The Empire Strikes Back. Foster returned to the Star Wars universe in 2002 with The Approaching Storm, a prequel trilogy-era novel set before the events of Attack of the Clones. He also penned the novelization for Star Wars The Force Awakens in 2015. Are you happy to hear these authors are finally getting their royalties? I mean, dude, I don't really... Uh, it's not like it makes me happy or whatever. It's just like, yeah, they should be getting paid, so it's good that they... Yeah. Uh, yep. Of course, dude, it's what was, important. What was the next Star Wars novel called? Fucking Splinter in the Mind's Eye? Yeah. <laughs> Man, I want to see if I can find that. I want to see if I can find that somewhere. That sounds crazy. I'm sure you can. Yeah, I mean, right, let's see. It did come out, right? So let's go deep down into the. Uh, let's wade into the muck here, my friend. I'm not gonna read this guy's fucking two paragraphs. All right. Trying to have a very. Disney is a racist company. Oh my god. Yep. Disney is a racist company. Disney fired Gina Carano for being a Republican. Disney tried to screw writers. Disney filmed next to a concentration camp and thanked China for the privilege. Now we have the hell training fiasco. Why are the corpos that pretend to be the nicest the worst? Um, I don't I don't know if Disney's pretending to be nice though, are they? Uh, I mean, we're we're grateful priests, for Disney because of the things they give us, but that doesn't mean that they're not shitty, right? Yeah. They fired Gina because she's a Republican? Question mark. If that was true, why don't they fire all other Republicans? See, this is what happens when you refuse to use your head and just believe the latest self-victimization story making rounds on the far right. Granted, there are a lot of them, and eventually you start to believe the idiocy. Anyway, Gina was fired for comparing being a Republican today to being a Jew during the Holocaust. Having free speech doesn't mean freedom from consequence. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, I'm not going to read your R word there. Uh, because not having a soul is the number one requirement for being an exec. I mean, I think these are jokes that are funny to, like, 14-year-olds, right? Probably. Ha! Got him. Yeah. Uh, yay, Disney stopped running from responsibilities and actually did something they were obligated to do. Now address the offensive as how training module that leaked out. Don't know what that's about, which ironically was less uh, offensive in its original German translation. Blood wrote Empire, Con wrote Jedi. Uh, so we needed a Twitter hashtag trending to make a financial powerhouse like Disney finally pay a cancer-ridden Star Wars contributor what he was actually what he was contractually owed. What a world! Glad he's not getting okay. Um, I mean, look, 
I, I get it, but businesses aren't going to pay money that if, if they don't feel like they have to, which obviously they should if they're obligated to, but unless they're forced to, they, they won't. That's how business works. Yeah, they'll always find ways to just cut costs, cut corners. It's what they do. It's what they hire a lot of people to do. It sucks that Chunk, Chuck Wendig is getting paid along with other writers, not because he's awful to the fan base, but because he is truly an awful writer, and his books that helped establish the new Disney canon are terrible in every sense of the word. He is a parasite that got ousted by the rest of the parasites. Chucky Damn. is a bad writer and a bad man. People really don't like Chuck Wendig. Yes, not. I gotta be honest, I said, I said he's not a bad writer. But I haven't read all his stuff. I only read like one or two of them. Okay, guys, don't hate me. Disney cannot be expected to honor all contracts and still be able to keep Minnie living the lifestyle she's used to. All right. These guys with their hilarious comments. All right. People are getting money they deserve. We spent way too much time with that. I'm sorry. Moving forward. Yay, guys. There was a trailer for the next Venom movie. Oh, boy. Don't know if you saw it, but... I didn't. <laughs> um, yeah, the movie's been rescheduled a bunch of times because of COVID, and the Venom Let There Be Carnage trailer uh, finally came out. The movie will debut in September. We'll see director Andy Serkis helming his first comic book feature. The story will pit the titular anti-hero against Carnage in the first live-action adaptation of one of the most popular villains in the comics. A few minutes after the trailer hit the internet, Serkis offered his breakdown of what fans saw. Um... After talking about the unusual relationship between Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock and Venom, the director focused on the unhealthy rapport that ties head Eddie with a mass murderer like Cletus. Uh, Circus explained that they both had strange upbringings and odd relationships with their families. Uh, he said, Okay, I can't do this accent. I'm not going to try it. <coughs> he said, There's an inherent loneliness that they both recognize in each other. Cletus actually reaches out and will only speak to Eddie Brock. That's at the beginning of the story. We learned that he's the only... Uh, one he'll speak to and the cops uh, therefore want Eddie to go in and investigate and try to discover where some of the bodies some of the many bodies of Cletus's victims are uh, the director teased some of the power that Carnage has in the movie besides the ones from the comics it appears that the character might show off some new skills he can turn to mist he can turn all manner of tendrils uh, he can take different forms he can weaponize he can do all these many different things uh, Circus also talked about the origin story of Naomi Harris's shriek saying that she is dam uh, a damaged soul that has suffered in her childhood. She is one of the inhabitants of the Ravencroft Institute, which will play a pivotal role in the story. Uh, okay, thanks for all of that. Um, that that didn't really add much insight, to be honest. Uh, I think people are more interested in how Carnage, or how Cletus Cassidy becomes Carnage, which I, it'll probably be pretty obvious, like, part of Venom's suit infects him or whatever like that's how it happened in the comics uh, or, or whatever like something will happen and and, and um, the interesting thing about about Carnage uh, is that you know with with other symbiotes like Venom is like the, the symbiote kind of takes over mostly a lot of times um, and and is, is partially or mostly in control of the host right Whereas with Carnage, like, Cletus actually is, like, he's in charge, you know? Like, he's in charge, and he, he dictates how the symbiote behaves, and and, and that's kind of uh, scary. <laughs> so. Yeah, it sounds like this dude's insane. He kept, like, it referred to him as a serial killer a couple times, so. 
Are you uh, gonna see it in theaters? You think? Nah, it depends. Depends what what regulations exist at that point. I think. So we'll see. But uh, if if everything is uh is good, then I I'll, I'll see it in theaters. So, uh, this guy wants Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man back. Um, he thinks Venom and Morbius would be a better fit for Garfield's Spider-Man world, which I don't disagree with because Tom Holland's Spider-Man works because of how he works in the MCU. And if he didn't work in the MCU, he probably wouldn't work. So, um, this guy says, Precious, uh, Andy Serkis played Gollum, we get it. Wait, did I just read he can turn to mist? Oh, dear. Yeah, that sounds terrifying. Um, don't overthink from the trailer. It could be a good story based on your points of view, weird opinion. What if Venom Eddie finally gets the white spider totem on his chest to gain the public's trust? Like Spider-Man, but to a certain extent, I wouldn't mind seeing Venom joining the Thunderbolts. Or maybe, yeah, you got, you're getting way too far into the weeds here, my guy. I'm sorry, but they're, they're building for Sinister Six and stuff. And Thunderbolts is being built on it, up right now. It looks like on the MCU side. If you've watched Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, mm. but bringing Venom into that seems like a long shot right now. Uh, I don't know if Circus is describing Venom Two or a dumpster fire. Got him. Zero interest when source material is ignored. Well, you don't know if it's ignored or not. To be honest, it depends. I, I think I think it's hard when. Um, I think people want a couple different things from their comic book movies, right? Um, you either want the same story you read, right? People were mad at Civil War because it wasn't the Civil War from the comics and they didn't use Spider-Man in the same way. It was a, it was a completely different story and blah, 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 right? Um, or As people do. Right, and, and that, that upsets people. But personally, I don't, I don't care about comic book stories. I care about good stories with familiar comic book characters and um if you get the heart of a character right you can do anything that's why i think bvs is so bad because they they completely missed the point of superman and and batman as people and as characters uh while trying to fit them into this o over the top comic book story um i think it, it, it just you know you have to you have to have the familiarity and for me the familiarity is not the stories we've read it's the characters we've grown to love right Yep. Um, so that's that's where I'm at. But everyone comes to things for different reasons, and I don't think it's a problem if you want the comic book story. But I'm telling you, you always, always, always be disappointed because you're never gonna get it. Because movies are adaptations; they're not copies. And they yeah, if you want like cinema style, like you know, movies, you just have to go with the animated, like when you and I saw the Killing Joke. Um, in theaters, and that was a great experience, even if the movie was a little strange. The movie was trash. Sure. Yeah, but like you know, there is there are other instances. Hopefully, in the future, when more of those animated movies will start having those special releases, uh, like, hopefully they won't be as bad as Killing Joke. <laughs> the Killing Joke would have been much better if they they like they they did go full comic book you know adaptation with that, but then they like added in this weird sexual relationship with Batgirl. It's like yo, yeah. Bruce Wayne is like thirty years older than 40. her, and is she like a yeah. minor? Like, yeah, <laughs> like is that, yeah. that was weird. Like, and is uh, this is like Jim Gordon's daughter, right? Right, and it's like, dude, like you're in a position of power, and it's like you're 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 the one with the responsibility to say no, and you just like, no, okay, blah 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 blah. Yeah, you just 
fuck it out. Anyway. I, I, it's very strange and useless. Uh, yeah, Blade is being rebooted. Um, it'll film in the summer of next year. Uh, well, uh, okay, we'll get to the Black Superman story later. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter article also had a key update for Marvel Studios' Blade reboot. According to the Hollywood Reporter, Blade was originally slated to begin filming in September of this year. However, its production will now be pushed back to July of 2022 so that the studio can spend time working on the Stacey Osei Kufur pen script. Uh, the reason it came up in this report is that Marvel and Warner Brothers Pictures are both looking for a black director to helm their respective projects. The Hollywood Reporter also notes that some potential directors have met with both the studios for both films, even as one agent said the process was phenomenally early. Wesley Snipes' Blade movie set the stage for the modern superhero films. When it hit theaters in 98, Snipes reprised his role in two additional movies before Sticky Fingers started in the Blade TV series in 2006. Since then, the character has been dormant in live action. A few years ago, Oscar winner... Mahasharla Ali approached Marvel Studios about starring in MCU's Blade reboot. Kevin Feige officially announced his involvement at SDCC International 2019. Back in February, Marvel hired Watchmen writer uh, Stacey Osai Kufour to pen the script. I believe this is Watchmen, the TV series, not Watchmen, uh, the Zack Snyder movie. Um, since then, there have been uh, very few updates. Are you looking forward to the Blade reboot? Blah, blah, blah. Um... <coughs> Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to Blade. Uh, this guy also yeah. played uh, Diamondback in Luke Cage. Yep. Uh, so he's a great, he's a great actor. Yeah. Uh, he was really he was really good in uh, Alita Battle Angels. I really enjoyed him in that movie. Uh, so we'll just hmm. you know, bring something bring something new. The forty four comments. Holy shit! People have Jesus. a lot to say about this. Yeah. Oh my god! Uh, you know, well, this guy's you know, talking about Blade two and Blade three, so I don't care about let's that. Let's get let's just get out of here. Just run, just run. Uh, don't even look back. No release date. Yo, they 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 released the filming date, motherfucker. Oops. Oh, you got Christian, you're being eaten alive by the comment section. You're going deeper and deeper. Don't do it. What yep. do they got now? I've had enough cancer. I'm getting out of here. Okay. Okay. Are you sure? Are you sure you don't want to go deeper nope. into that box? Nope, we're good. Um, Dave Batista has been talking a lot. He's been in like uh like. 30 interviews or something recently, recently, and I'm only going to read from this one because I don't really care about all the other things he has to say um, about all the other things. So, uh, Dave Batista doesn't see a future for Drax beyond Guardians 3. Um, <clears throat> so, Guardians 3 has hit a few bumps on the road over the last few years, largely due to James Gunn's firing and subsequent rehiring as the film's director. However, the film will finally hit theaters in 2023. But since Volume 3 will wrap up the story that Gunn began... Uh, with the original Guardians film in 2014, there's a chance it will be the last time we see some of its heroes. According to Dave Bautista, Drax might be one of those characters. While speaking with Digital Spy, Bautista ruminated on his character's big screen future after Guardians 3. Apparently, the next film in the Guardians saga fulfills all of his contractual obligations for uh, Marvel Studios. And while his game for a potential Drax Mantis buddy movie, it sounds like the Destroyer's days in the MCU are numbered. There were talks for a while about a Drax and Mantis film. It was really because it was James Gunn's idea. Uh, he really wanted to do a Drax and Mantis film. He laid it all to me. I thought it was such a brilliant idea, but I haven't heard any follow-up from the studio. I don't think they're mm. very interested, or it doesn't fit into the way they have things mapped out. But other than that, no. I mean, as far as my obligations, I've got Guardians 3, and that's probably going to be the end of Drax. That's... I mean... 
I don't know, Drax wasn't really what I would call in the forefront of the characters in the MCU. They were like, you know, up next to Bat after passing the, getting the torch, like, you know, passed off from uh, uh, Captain America and um, Iron Man. So. Yeah, I mean, the the character type of Drax in the Guardians movies is pretty cliche. Um and not as badass as you'd hope, so I it's not I don't have any problem with that to be honest. Like I, I thought Dave Bautista did a good job and Drax was funny and whatever, but you don't really need more funny characters in Guardians because they all kind of serve as funny characters aside from uh, Gamora and Nebula, yeah. right? So, yeah. uh, Bautista isn't the only one hinting about leaving the Guardians franchise behind these days. While responding to fan on Twitter this week, Gunn once again claimed that the next Guardians will be his last. Regardless, Batista is still waiting on the latest draft of the three-quarter screenplay. He said, I don't know what the script of the third film is, to be honest with you. There was a script years ago that obviously isn't going to have to change. Is obviously going to have to change because the whole direction of the Marvel Universe has changed. Uh, Batista will next show up in Thor Love and Thunder, which hits theaters one year from May 5th. That was a while ago. Sorry, guys. Um... <clears throat> There's also something that, uh, I don't think it's here, but uh, Dave Batista tweeted about this, and James Gunn said, you know, there's no there's no Drax without you. Like, we wouldn't do it, like, he wouldn't have any other Drax, and he, uh, he followed up by saying, well, I wouldn't do Guardians without you, you know? So, there's some love between the two of them. I wish the D-list characters and others that cannot carry a full series or movie... Um, they would make an anthology movie. Make maybe make five thirty-minute mini movies. Okay, I dude, I I don't know what you're talking about. You're weird. Uh, that's why they're doing that random Guardians of the Galaxy holiday project and shooting it at the same time as Guardians Three. They want to max out everyone from the franchise before the contract is. But I mean, this kind of stuff is like that's, this is stuff that kind of yeah, like it's just hypothetical. Like, like I, I mean, but this guy just says things like this with no proof and no. And nothing to base it off of and people just like I don't know this is why they in high school and college they make you cite your sources so you don't do yeah. stupid shit like this yeah. I like Dave Batista, but his character is nothing like the comics yeah I mean that's true but like he's he's serving a different purpose in in this team right like his purpose in the movies is is what what James Gunn has made him so but I, I do think that that role is a bit redundant, too, because we have a lot of that role. Uh, Drax is the toughest member of the group, but instead of developing him into an ultimate badass, treating him as a macho joke, so he probably doesn't have much of a future. Yeah. He has some pretty touching touching scenes, too. In so the it's first not like Guardians, all... yeah. In the first Guardians, yeah. when, like with his wife and stuff. Yeah. Yep. But then it seemed like they didn't know what to do with him after that, and he just became a joke. Yeah. It was like in the second Guardians. I think the only good scene he has was... Uh probably with mantis that was it maybe you know they were just going off of that chemistry right there yeah um cool all right done with these comments yep. emily blunt dismisses rumors about being cast as the invisible woman uh people, <laughs> people have been fan casting uh john krasinski as mr fantastic and as a result his wife emily blunt as one uh the invisible woman uh, and uh, it's all fan casting. This that this rumors blah. I, I think 
I wouldn't even address rumors like this, to be honest, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the Fantastic Four, among the most notable characters missing from the MCU. Yeah, we know. Taylor will X-Men, the band of blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know all this stuff. It's because every Fantastic <laughs> Four movie they've ever made has been fucking garbage. The first one wasn't terrible, but uh, yeah. it also, yeah. it, like, on, when, when you have, you know, movies on the level of what we have now, it's just, it's a huge letdown. It is, but the the newer one was a huge letdown. Oh. I think you and I both felt because you and I are both there. <laughs> I mean, I left that movie thinking like, "Wow, they actually managed to just accomplish nothing." Like yep. from the beginning to the end, nothing was accomplished in that movie, and it's just well, okay. Anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, recently, the buzz on the web was that Edge of Tomorrow and a Quiet Place actress Emily Blunt was in talks to portray Sue Storms on the big screen. Yes, the buzz, guys. Yeah, fan casting is buzz now. However, that doesn't mm. appear to be the case. Yeah, obviously. Uh, she said, I have heard that. The people have asked me about it a lot. But I have had no formal introduction to the Invisible Woman, no. Yeah, cool. Um, the, the fan casting hopes to see Blunt taking the role of Invisible Woman alongside her real-life husband, John Krasinski, who you guessed would play Reed Richards, a.k.a. Mr. Fantastic. But it appears that fans will have to keep their dreams at bay for a while. At least, Like, that's the thing. John Krasinski could still be Reed Richards, and you can have anybody else be Sue Storm. It doesn't have to be his real-life wife. That's just weird and yep. absurd to me. Uh, she yeah. said, For me, it's all about the part. It's not that I'm lo- loath to put on the cat suit. It's not that at all. I just haven't found something that really speaks to me. Yeah, she's not a fan of comic book roles. Uh, she did pass up to be a Black Widow. I think she was offered that role. She didn't want it. Um, but yeah. Okay. So Already no. comments. Oh Jesus. Hey, I, I I I hate to do this, but I really got to go change my laundry real quick before uh, someone else gets home. Oh uh, no, it's all good. Uh, so you 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 stay here and wade through the garbage, and I will be right. Yep. Have fun. Yeah. Don't uh don't don't get hurt. Okay. I won't. Uh, this this comment section is just more fan casting. Um, sick of these idiots always making up rumors. Ew. I was seeing them in person. I would be what the fuck. <laughs> this this guy needs this guy does need to calm down. Okay, I see your PR team is doing damage control. Interesting that the site cherry picks what she really said about the whole thing. Well, they it's their job to sell um, news. So Ken Jong is Johnny Storm, and Peter Dinklage is the thing. Interesting. Uh. Already signed for Sunfire and Puck. Cool. Uh, good. I don't see. I don't want either her or hers. But well, I mean, it doesn't matter what we want. I I have faith in Marvel that they will uh, do the do the right thing. Um, and hire the right people, and they always kind of have. So, um, yeah, I have no I have no qualms or or uh anxiety over who they might cast. I don't care if it's Emily Blunt and Sean Krasinski or not. Uh, so, while we wait for Cher to get back, um, I'll hold on to the more news. Um, let me see. Um, so, what was the name of that, that Star Wars novel? S- Star Wars novel after a new Uh, 
from the adventures of Luke Skywalker. Splinter of the Mind's Eye. There it is. I'm interested in this. Uh, and Ralph McQuarrie did the cover art, which is, in, which is amazing. Uh, let's see. Amazon. Splinter of the Mind's Eye. There it is. Eight dollars. Eight dollars. Let's get it. Eighty-six. Mm. Uh, Christian, on a mission to the planet, uh, Sikorpus. We discovered the hidden planet called Kyber's Crystal. Okay, a mysterious gem that would give one who possesses the power. Over the force that he would have uh, and in the wrong hands, of course, it would be deadly to Luke. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. Star Wars B novel. This is only the second Star Wars story after what are we uh, I was looking up Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Oh, is it any good? I don't know. It's it's, uh, it's eight dollars for the paperback, uh, oh, mass market paperback, or five dollars for the Kindle version. Mm. So, or if you want to spend a hundred and seventy dollars on the paperback, like real paperback, I, I don't know why you'd do that, but be signed or something. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Okay. Oh, that's for later. Uh, Andrew Garfield strongly denies Spider-Man No Way Home rumors. Oh my god, guys. And the, the comments here will probably be the same as the comments about Emily Blunt about how uh, Marvel's PR team made him say that. Uh, <laughs> ever since Jamie Foxx and Alfred Millian signed on to No Way Home, rumors have, have suggested that the previous cinematic Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, would join Tom Holland's Spidey. However, Holland has denied those reports in recent months. Now Garfield has addressed the rumors as well via The Hollywood Reporter. Garfield strongly denied his return during an appearance on the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast, which is totally not better than ours, but whatever. Nope. Uh, I can't speak for anything else but for myself. They might be doing something, but I ain't got a call. Oh, sorry, he's English. What am I doing? Uh, um, I see how often Spider-Man is trending, and it's like people are freaking out. And I'm just like, guys, 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 I wish I could just be able to speak to every everyone and say, I recommend that you chill. Okay, Andrew Garfield. Hands called Twitter, bro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nobody chills there. Uh, he denies Great. being in the movie, but no one believes him. He says, listen, I would have I gotten a call by now. That's all I'm saying. I don't want to ruin anything potentially happening. Maybe they're going to call me and say, hey, people want this. Maybe they're doing some market research. No, they're not. Um, dude, it's definitely Disney's PR team got a hold of him, all right? No, I don't. No Way Home will hit theaters December 17th. Cool. I'll see it. It's taking the slot of a uh, Star Wars, the Star Wars slot. Yeah. Uh, these are actors, top-notch liars. I mean, professionals who know lines, can connect to emotion, can be in the moment. A talented bunch who have to be quiet about their projects on a regular. Yep. So he's lying. So you're saying there's a chance? Okay, I don't know. He he's in the ho he's in and holding onto denial as he should. It's smart to keep quiet. You'll find out in a store check outline. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. 
this happened to uh, Anthony Mackie. He yep. found out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, after that Ralph Boner joke, anything is possible in the MCU. There was no denial here, let alone a strong one. He just deflected it with words. That's all. If he's Damn. in, awesome. And if not, then well, I'll just see how the story ends up playing out. Yeah, man. That's just yeah. I don't need. I don't know if you needed a comment to say that. Uh, but sure. I'll bet he got an email, put it out not there. a call. What? Sometimes you just gotta put it out there. So these comments are like, I just gotta scream at, I gotta scream at the void. My, it will be Gwen instead. I think they meant maybe, but there may have been a strong denial, but it sure as hell wasn't convincing. Yeah, you tell him. It was called in denial. What? Yo, Retro Ice Cap, chill the fuck out, man. You weird ass shit. He still never said he's not in it. Uh, you don't go to a set to be on a movie if you do not get a call. Uh, this makes me mad. I hope he's, he is flexing his acting chops. I want them all. Okay, dude. This is the problem, right? This is the hugest problem I have with these rumors and fan things is everybody's going to expect it to happen. They're going to expect, uh, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire and freaking Willem Dafoe and, and fucking Benedict Cumberbatch to play Sherlock Holmes in it and some shit. And it's not going to happen. And then they're going to be like, the movie sucked because it didn't happen the way I wanted it to. Like, you guys need to fucking, that's what happened with fucking The Last Jedi. The movie wasn't actually that bad, but okay. Snoke was, Snoke was a nobody and Ray's a nobody and, and, and they were supposed to be somebody. Jesus fucking Christ, man. Yeah. Nerds complaining. Hey, and, and good good job for you guys. Ray ended up being somebody, and it was a fucking terrible decision. Good good on you. Decision, yep. Oh, yep. <clears throat> Taika right, what Watiti. do we got next? Taika Watiti calls Thor Love and Thunder the best Marvel film ever. Well, um, that might be hyperbole on his part, but I believe him. Taika Watiti is very talented. Thor Ragnarok is top five for sure MCU films of all time. Easily, yep. Uh, probably top three, but yeah. Uh, and he delivered in 2017 the, one of the most unique MCU movies with Thor Ragnarok. Following his Oscar win for Jojo Rabbit's screenplay, expectations for Lord, Thor Love and Thunder have risen even higher. But as production on the film winds down, Watiti has the utmost confidence in what the cast and crew have come up with. Uh, he discussed the sequel's progress during a recent appearance on a TV show. Okay, cool, cool, cool. He said, we've got four weeks left. I can I can see the light in the end of the tunnel. It might be the best Marvel film ever. Thor, Love and Thunder, uh, Mark Scrim, Chris Hemsworth's fourth solo outing as Thor. Um, the first MCU hero to make it past the four Avengers movies and his standalone trilogy. Thankfully, Watiti sounds more than willing to spend some extra time with Marvel's God of Thunder. He said, Thor is a funny guy. He's a good friend, and he's also someone that you just want to hang out with all the time. And I think that's all you really want from a superhero or a main character in your movie. Um, I think that's what a lot of people want from politicians, right? Mm. Like, uh, like a lot of people nominate politicians that like they think that would be fun to have a beer with or something. At least that's my yeah. impression of uh, boomers in America. No uh, idea, man. Ragnarok. Remember that movie? I do. What that was a hell of a movie. Yeah. May six twenty twenty two. Or Thor: The Dark World. Ah, uh, uh, I tend to forget about that one, but. Yep. What's what, going on next? 
Oh, Jesus. Man, there's so many more comments. We're, we're making this website so popular. We need to hit them up for royalties, man. True. We do. We do. Do it now. Uh, yep. A workout montage of Fat Thor getting back in shape. Said every director ever. Lee Sharp, here we go. Our favorite. My arse it will be. Disney has simply ruined Thor more and more with every appearance of him. Endgame was the last straw concerning Thor. Well, as long as it's better than that horrible sheet show. That was the Captain Marvel film. It'll be a good enough film, but no way it's ever going to be the best MCU movie to date. I'd like uh, for Lee Sharp to tell me what, what his favorite MCU movie to date is then. Hey, we gotta hit him up. Get him on the podcast. Come on, bro. <laughs> uh, do, do, do. Sounds like these guys don't like don't like progress. Yep. Okay. I do think it with Ryan Reynolds and Taika Waititi reprising acting roles together in an upcoming film. Okay. But does it have to do with anyone? When I was a kid, my dad brought me from a trip. The original scaled panel boards with blue. What the fuck is going on? Okay. Besides Ragnarok being complete garbage. Alright, man. Yeah, I blame Disney and the woke universe. Damn. Thor is a god warrior from Asgard, not from a pub in Melbourne. Ragnarok was laughably stupid, and this one will be woke comedy. Here's the thing, right? There are iterations and renditions of Thor in comics that are tough and badass and kingly and godly and whatever. And there are also numerous iterations of Thor where he's a fucking idiot drunk. Like, fucking brute idiot drunk. That's it. Like, ah. Anyway, I'm just hoping it's better than Ragnarok. My dog left a surprise on the lawn that was better than Ragnarok. Oh, Jesus. We need to get out of this comic sanction right stat now, man. I'm about to die. Quick. I'm going for my own eyeballs. I'm about to rip them out of my head. Yeah, what else we got? The source. Guardians was... Ragnarok was wackier than Guardians 2. Guardians 2 was over-the-top wacky, man. Over-the-fucking-top wacky. My nipples! Oh, police. Nice. Police. This is true. It is a good movie, not just a good comic book movie. The only other MC... Uh, First Guardian is true. But I don't know if it's the only other movie you could say that about. We'll see. Uh, Feige's woke agenda that kept Doctor Strange out of one of it. It wasn't his woke uh. agenda that kept... Him. Okay, here we go. Let's let's read it then. Kevin Feige confirms Doctor Strange was written out of WandaVision. Oh man. Let's see. Let's see what he says. Where is it? I don't care about any of these. Uh, the fake commercials were building towards uh, the reveal of Doctor Strange. Apparently they were Strange's way of trying to break through Wanda's illusions. Additionally, Cumberbatch even signed a deal to appear in the final episode. However, Feige and the show's creative team ultimately decided against it. Uh, he said, some people might say, oh, it would have been so cool to see Doctor Strange. But it would have taken away from Wanda. We didn't want at the end uh, of the show to be commoditized uh, to go to the next movie. Here's the white guy. Let me show you how power works. Uh, I mean, 
that could be seen as a wokey whatever phrase. Or uh, I still, I, I, you know, he could have just said with the principal, like, hey, this is WandaVision. You know, this yeah. isn't WandaVision and Doctor Strange. Like, that's a good, that's a perfectly good reason yeah. all, on its, all on its own. And again, it, it brings us back to why Spider-Man wasn't in Falcon and Winter Soldier. We don't want to mm-hmm. take away from these characters, right? Like, and again, bringing in Doctor Strange doesn't, does it, Doctor Strange has nothing to do with the story aside from the illusions thing, which you didn't really need explained anyway. Uh, it, you're, if you do that, you're starting a new story, right? Mm-hmm. Doctor Doctor Strange teaching her about the dark world or teaching her how to use magic or whatever is it's a new story, and we don't need it at the end of a, of our current story because Marvel writers have enough confidence to know that you'll come back for more. So, yep, they don't Absolutely. need they don't need to rely on bad writing. I'm sorry. To me, it's weak writing to end things on cliffhangers to start a new story. Mm. Like, uh, that's just how it is. Uh, th- this this article came out before um, the uh, MTV Awards or whatever that happened yesterday or the day before, where WandaVision won a bunch of awards. So yeah, didn't even watch those awards. So I, I, I just get the news about it, and I didn't bring it good up for them. They should have left oh, Doctor Strange. Do oh, here we go. We didn't watch Wanda think, oh, Strange needs to be here to mansplain. We watched because her story was what we wanted. Yeah. Yeah, but... So why do you need Doctor Doctor Strange then? Okay. Uh, oh, I get. All these times Tony Stark appeared in other people's movies and made them better are okay because those are other movies also starred white males. Makes sense, right? What? I mean, in Spider-Man, I'm pretty sure it was because he was trying to teach Peter Parker a lesson, and he was. It actually works because for the moment, he was like reminding him, "Hey, I'm Iron Man." Like he stepped onto the screen and he took complete control of the movie for the few times for the few seconds he was there. You know, it's like and, and he, didn't, he didn't show up at the end for no reason. Like he he was in Spider-Man throughout. Yeah, and he was in and he was in uh, post-credit scenes of other things to like recruit them. Yep. Like, okay. Yep, this makes sense now. WandaVision felt wrong to me and not in the way it was meant to. And all the claims that fans' expectations were too high just felt like misdirection. This would have been a great ending. It's a shame they've become so creatively timid. That's not creatively timid to me. That's just having confidence in your work. Like, mm. uh, I, I, I don't... I, I think people love cliffhangers for some reason. And to me, cliffhangers are just like a symbol of, of lack of confidence in your writing. Like... Mm-hmm to an extreme and same with like voiceover in a lot of cases like voiceover is often done really wrong and it's just like if you need a voiceover to explain what's happening in your story you're you probably don't have enough confidence to just write the story yep it's done right in in circumstances like veronica mars and things like that but a lot of time voiceover is just used really badly um bad narration it's it's bad it's bad for the pacing it's really bad for the pacing it's just being introduced to a character that knows everything from the start is a really bad way to start a movie or any story in general, you know, which is in this case, the narrator, but yeah, if you're offended by the words, here's the white guy, then you're soft. I remember when this, I I don't think they care about being soft. I think, I think they, they're mad at you for, for, uh, mass emasculating or, or assigning gender and, you know softness and hardness like people are going to be mad at you for that my guy sorry but um you didn't take attention but uh uh, the sad part is you all knew exactly what he meant when he said here's the white guy let me show you how power works and the said chose to be butthurt by the words white guy that's the thing um you know 
you, you mentioned before we started, like, we're not just about nerd stuff, you know, we're variety, blah, 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 right? And the truth is, like, this is a real-life thing that people need to learn and that a lot of people struggle with. A lot of people think, and, to you know, part of it's true is you can't really ch- change how you feel about things. You can't, you can't, um, uh, you can't help how you feel and, and you can't help uh, how, how things make you feel and blah, blah, blah. And, and your feelings should be valid and all this stuff. Well, the truth of the matter is, uh, you know, over time, you learn to control how you feel. You learn how to let things not bother you or how to, if you're a, if you're a well-adjusted, uh, m- mentally healthy person, you can train yourself to not let things bother you, right? Yeah. <clears throat> These words don't bother me. The people upset about those words don't bother me because, you know, and even even things that normally would think things that make me feel insecure uh in in my life things that make me feel unsure i don't just react i stop i think why do i feel this way does it really matter how can i improve my own mindset how can i improve uh myself going forward how do i make other people uh feel how do i respond to the, you know i it's it's a lot of questioning and growing and and it's important um, and if you're always going to say, well, other people made me feel this way, you're never going to take responsibility for yourself and you're going to allow other people to control your whole life. Just don't let people push your buttons. Don't let them program you. That's all I got to say about that. You know, and it's not Unless easy, just... you know, it's not easy. I, I make it sound no. easy. It's not easy. It takes yeah. a lot of effort and a lot of personal growth to, to not let people affect you. But just don't, because you it, the, the more you let other people affect you, the more they control your life. Take control back. Don't be a victim, okay? Um, since it's conservative and regressive for white men to be depicted as heroic, surely they make Chris Evans and Mark Ruffalo two of the biggest conservatives in the world. Yes. Well, they're not. They're very liberal, but I don't, I don't really get this guy's point. Uh, I mean, I get it. I just think he's wrong. Yeah. Okay. I'm getting out of here. Yep. <clears throat> Time to retreat. Here's the DC Oh, news. boy. Right into James Gunn. James Gunn says King Shark was the Suicide Squad's first new character. Uh, mm. Between his appearances on The Flash, Harley Quinn, and in Rocksteady's upcoming Suicide Squad killed the Justice League video game. King Shark is becoming increasingly well-known outside the comic book circles, so when it came time for James Gunn's sad characters, bringing the anthropomorphic Great White into the mix was a no-brainer. In fact, King Shark was the very first new addition to the cast of Gunn's upcoming reboot slash sequel. Uh, there you guys go. It's a reboot slash sequel. Uh, Gunn revealed this fun tidbit during a new interview with Dan of Geek. The director had previously said on numerous occasions that John Ostrander's Suicide Squad run in the late 80s provided the most, uh, provided most of the inspiration for his take on Task Force X. However, the, uh, we apparently have King Shark's appearance in more recent DC titles to thank for his role in Gunn's reboot. He said, mm. I knew that I wanted to use an animal, and I knew that King Shark was a member of the squad in newer comics. I like the concept of that character, so King Shark was my first addition. Yeah, he's also a member of the Suicide Squad in <coughs> the previously mentioned Flash TV show. Uh, additionally, Gunn uh, discussed how he knew right away that Sylvester Stallone, who also worked with him on Guardians 2, was the right actor to provide King Shark's voice. 
He said, strangely, I've become more able to get whatever actor I want for roles in movies. I started taking risks and writing for actors that I don't know. So, for instance, I wrote Bloodspot, uh, Bloodsport for Idris Elba, having never met him, but being a fan of his work in other places. And I knew Sly, uh, and I know him pretty well. So I wrote the role of King Shark with his voice in mind. Cool. August 6th, guys. Suicide Squad this year. HBO Max. $15 a month. Uh, two Wonder Woman, Aquaman, R&D, two of the most successful and best regarded. Okay. Um, this guy sounds like he doesn't like Zack Snyder. Uh, which is whatever. You know, like <coughs> more and more, it's like Warner Brothers is, is the issue for sure. Uh, but. Uh, Zack Snyder isn't perfect either, right? No, he's not. And uh, won't using the term "great white" piss some people off. Oh man, you got him! You got him in a corner. I just hope on this one, Gun hasn't jumped the king shark. <laughs> yes, jumping the shark is a reference to '60s or '50s sitcom where somebody literally jumped over a shark. And mm-hmm. uh, okay, there you go. I gave you the history. I feel more informed now. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's got something to do with her son. Blah, 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 blah. King Shark is a shark. Yep, that's true. He is. Yeah, that is exactly what he is. Yep. Guy is correct. Nope, I don't want to support you. Uh, Zack Snyder mm-hmm. says Warner Brothers tortured him while finishing Justice League. Guys, they tortured him. Oh, Jesus. 87 comments. <clears throat> oh, man. Not reading a single one of those. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's just get to the nitty gritty. Uh, it was cool to do the Snyder Cut of Justice League, and that was fun and everything. But Warner Brothers still tortured me the whole time for whatever reason. They can't help it. I don't know why I'm such a fucking pain in their ass because I'm not trying to be honestly. Um. Yeah. Uh. WB. He's all of his movies have been done by WB since 300. Uh, do, do, do. Oh, look, I disappeared. It's a magic trick. Um, <laughs> well, I just don't want whoever to end up on the other end. Damn, you're like a wizard, bro. You're like Gandalf. How's it feel? Feels great. I always knew I, I, always knew I was Gandalf. Uh, I knew it. That's more, more pipe weed, my dude. Yeah, so um, this is what this is what he finishes with. Well, I just don't know who would ever end up on the other end. Uh, if you analyze what's happened with Warner Brothers, it's not a normal situation. It's a once-in-a-generation bizarre situation. I had an amazing experience with Netflix, and it was awesome, and we had a great partnership and an incredibly great experience. So the only thing I would say is that it's an unusual situation. Yes, Netflix... Uh, it's a clusterfuck. Like, that's just what he's trying to say without saying it directly. Like, that Warner Brothers is on a clusterfuck. They don't know who to hire. They don't know... You can't keep the people they do hire. Well, <laughs> Warner Brothers it's... doesn't know how to relinquish relinquish control and give nope. writers um, freedom to a do what they write. But a they, chance to write, but, yeah. And and even if they did, they don't have enough of a plan to even make it like even in- interject what they want into the movies, right? Like the reason yeah. why it's such a clusterfuck is because they want it to be like like they they honestly have no idea what they're doing, why they're doing it, or how they're gonna make it happen. They're just doing things to do them right yep 
And when you meddle so heavily into something and you actually don't even know what your end game is, uh, then it's it's just a recipe for disaster. And that's what it's become and that's what it always will be. Um, yeah. Well, we weren't going to touch this comment section, man. <laughs> well. Yeah. Pe um, people either really love him or really hate him. That's what I'm getting from these comments. So, alright, now I will turn my camera back on and reappear. It's gonna be a like uh, uh, wackity, boopity, boopity, kazam. Boom. It's it a little delayed. Oh, and flicker, there you go. Here we are. Right. Uh, back in the saddle again. Uh, I'll leave this one for last because uh, it's kind of a clusterfuck too. Uh, Gal Gadot confirms Joss Whedon threatened her career. Cool. Uh, th all she really says is, "Is I had my issues and I handled it." That's what she says. It's, uh, it's almost like Joss Whedon is a huge piece of shit, <laughs> or I don't know, is just a bitter old man or something. I, I I just can't figure it out anymore, man. I I don't. Yeah. Oh, man. It's it's. Yep, and of course, Ray Fisher had something to say about it. Uh, people are mad at at Gal Gadot now because. Um, she's Israeli and, you know, the Middle East and you can't, you can't think that it's terrible to murder innocent people from Palestine, but also think that it's terrible that people in Israel are being murdered. You can't, you can't be in the middle. And if you choose a side, you're a terrible person. So, yep. um, no comment on the Middle East crisis. Uh, moving on. <laughs> 277 yep. people are outraged guys. People, oh God, what's going on? People are fucking outraged about WB's Black Superman movie. It's not a part of the CEU, guys. Hey, we, uh, no. You know why they're eh. you, you know why they're outraged? Because this guy right here on my screen mm -hmm. is Black Superman. His name is Val. He's he's the super, Superman of Earth 2. There's also a universe where Superman is black and is president of the United States. And guess what? Nice. Guess what? Is it Obama? They're not using either of them. They're making Clark Kent African-American. Well, not oh, he's well, obviously not American, but... Yeah. This is what oh. people are upset about. <clears throat> um, uh, yeah, yep, yep. Fans made assumptions. Also tried uh, that Superman might be canonically black Superman from the comics. The Obama-like super president Calvin Ellis, for one, or Val Zod, uh... Uh, an Earth 2 Kryptonian whose battle against an evil version of Superman might have fit into the Snyderverse. A new report <laughs> from The Hollywood Reporter says otherwise. According to the report, Warner Brothers stays committed to finding a black director, fearing that having Abrams direct might look bad. And while Coates' <coughs> script remains currently unfinished with a due date of December, as of now it's reported uh, purportedly about a black Kal-El, otherwise based on the original comics. Calvin Ellis was technically also Kal-El, though his story diverged. Furthermore, it's not set in the existing DC movie universe, uh, because why the fuck would it be? Uh, just like the Batman, it might even end up a 20th century period piece. The obvious advantage of that would be a pre-9-11 world and a more believable secret identity prior to ubiquitous smartphones. While the report cautions that all details could change, it sounds unlikely the project will exist in either Snyderverse or the Flash's modified post-Snyderverse. Um, I, I think this is the problem with DC. They have no idea what they're doing. They want to do this multiverse thing, and they're really bad at it. And so, yeah. Um, well, not even DC WB. You know, it's just right, right, right. 
it's a clusterfuck. Like, they didn't go in with a new original story. They just decided to rewrite them. You know, they literally did something that could, in theory, be taken as more racist by essentially just washing the entire issue. Like, you know, like, oh, look at this. Like, here he is. Here you go. You know, instead of trying to create a new original story. Or, 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 even better, taking one that already exists, taking the character that people enjoy, and making a story involving that character that is relatable. Right. Like, it's a weird thing. Anything intelligent. (laughs) I'm not even sure if I'm qualified to talk about this, to be honest. So I'll just say that I've seen a lot of people on YouTube who are African-American or uh, black and live in the UK or whatever, and they're all mad about this. Um there all of them are saying we already have black supermen you could use them but instead you're essentially reverse whitewashing a character and they think it's not right because they don't like when you know obviously it's done the other way around um i i can't comment on that i don't i don't know if there's an inherent issue with this i i don't i don't think it's wrong to make kal-el uh, African American or or just black. I, I mean, obviously he's an alien, so um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, and and it just would kind of compound, you know, the whole theme of Superman, like you know, someone from outer space or someone from who feels like they're from a different world being treated differently because of who they are or how they look, right? Um, and but I, I wonder. It's just so. It would be so much more interesting to explore. Like, it can't be our Kal-El from comics because a white person growing up in Kansas uh, and becoming Superman would look completely different on a trajectory than a black person growing up in Kansas and becoming. Especially Superman. rural, can especially rural Kansas. Like, right. when you remember, like he's not. He's not narrating. Right. <laughs> it's just. And dealing uh, with dealing with both both those things, right? Not you know, white Superman, white Kal-El has always had to struggle with concealing his identity and hiding his powers and uh, being you know being super strong and and he his his adoptive parents can't really relate and all this stuff. He has to deal with a lot, but he will never have to deal with as much, to be honest, as a young black man growing up in a rural community having to deal with those things that white Kello has to deal with in addition to racism, yeah. people looking at you because of the color of your skin differently. Like it, you, you won't end up with the same person you won't. And so it, if it could be Kellel and it could be based to me, this, this is kind of like the Joker movie. You're leveraging a well-known name to bring people in, but your story is going to be completely different than anything they'd ever seen. Yeah. Thought about, right? Like, these comments are going to be cancer. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cancer. Oh, man. Oh, I'm riddled. I'm literally bleeding from the nose right now. Yeah. I mean, and I that's the thing, more. right? Like, that's the thing is, is we don't really need another Superman movie. Like... This we guy, need it. We need, we just need a Superman movie that's good. This guy's right. A Static Shock movie, yeah. like deal, like it's an actual you know African American kid growing up mm-hmm. dealing. He deals with, with those. Yeah. We, yep. These things exist. You didn't need to make Kal El black to explore these things. 
Um, mm. I don't think it's an it's an inherent issue, like I said, and I'm not qualified to speak on it. Um, I'll let people within the black community speak on it, and I don't really care how outraged white people are about it. And again, I don't understand being outraged about news like this. Just mm. I'll see the movie, and if it's bad, then I'll talk about it then. And if it's good, then okay. Like, yeah, if it's bad, then we'll be outraged. <laughs> right. Like, and again, it's not going to be inherently bad just because of this. Right. Mm. It's, it's, it's not. And that's, that's what I've always said. Like, you know, Shang-Chi to me is a terrible <laughs> comic book character. I'm not a fan of his. I don't read his stuff. To me, he's just a, a poor man's iron fist, but that doesn't mean the movie's going to be bad. Right. Like, mm. so that's, that's where I'm at on it. Um, yeah. So if you guys have any insight on that, if you're listening on the podcast version, you can, you know, send me a tweet or something at nerdy boy and human or you can yep. uh you know whatever but any insight you can write appreciated. a yeah you can, you can write a message in a bottle throw it in the water eventually it'll flow my way you never know what when i'll pop up in the bay these days yeah. probably a bunch of anyway, my... shit so yeah that too <clears throat> all right guys i think we're gonna wrap up here yeah it's getting going. a little late but, yeah uh, you know, stay tuned for future episodes. We'll we'll talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier. You you finish that now, correct? Yep. Bad Batch. I'm also actually wanting to talk about that a little bit. If you yeah. I watched want, the first two episodes already, so I have to watch the third one. Yeah, I watched. I've watched them all so far. They're yeah. pretty damn. Like I actually pretty much. I genuinely enjoyed the first two episodes. Not gonna lie. Yeah, I, there I like, are a few parts. I like what they're doing because yeah. it's something that we've not really had full insight into. Um, it, transition uh, yeah. the direct transition basically yeah. like the immediate takeover and the, the transition yeah. to the empire yeah it's crazy so and i like how they have that a uh, hologram oh well we can, we can talk about that on the other part yeah yeah yeah, yeah we'll talk mm, about it everything's sure. content everything's content yep anyway anyway uh, my friend cool. thanks for thanks for joining thanks to everyone who listened or watched or whatever much love uh follow subscribe rate comment uh etc Always, always keep working hard. Always keep doing it. You got this. Peace out, everybody. Much love. Peace, love, and rock and roll. Yep.